April 8, 2020. It's a lot from Pedro's show.
Next month, it'll be 19 years, and I still am blowing fucking clams doing this shit. Just talked to a brother Matt on the fucking horn, trying to get the Skype uh, in a three-way, but I think in the future we will we'll be, because only, we're only three miles away, people. He's on the pleasure point there at the Love Grotto, and I'm over here by the 
between the hospital and the church. You know, I, I used to wash pots and pans at this hospital uh, in the good old 70s for $1.20 an hour. Yeah. Let's make it great again. <laughs> you want, want, there was a good benefit, though, because I was the last dude to see the, the pots and pans before they went in the sink. So if there was some chow... I mean, this ain't the shit off the f trays from the room. This is from the cooks. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there, there was a good benefit that way. You know. 180 degree water, too. So the germ kill and uh, yeah, it's interesting uh, experiments. <laughs> with, uh, oh, uh, uh, good people. You can probably hear my guests over there. We started the show with John Coltrane doing Aisha and then Lazarus by Bark. And Lazarus is a trippy guy because, uh, yeah, he, he gets risen. So it's kind of a premonition for this uh, Sunday coming up. But uh, also maybe for <laughs> the sitch we got, you know. I just think we got to get ready for the next one. I can't believe this is going to be, you know what I mean? we got to learn stuff from this time around. And oh, yeah. Thank God uh, we're in the music bracket, and so we can uh, do this. You know, compose and record the sequestered mode. I think, well, whoever it was, Shakespeare and Stratford-upon-Avon or seventeenth. Uh, Earl of Oxford, whoever it was who wrote that shit. Well, but King Lear was written in a lockdown with the plague and shit. So you heard my guest there. That's it's Tim and Sue from Bark out of Knoxville here. Welcome aboard, people. Hello. Who wants to go first? <laughs> Let Tim go first. Tim, what's your yeah. earliest musical recollection? Uh, probably one of my earliest recollections. Period was sitting in front of the TV with my family watching the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. That was in Jackson, Mississippi. Okay. I, oh, I remember a club there called Midnight Sun. Yeah. You do. I played there the night of the daytime was uh, graduation of the police academy. <laughs> it was an interesting. <laughs> One day I'm going to play Oxford. Okay. Uh, in the pad you grew up in, was there instruments? Yeah, you know, we had a piano, and I had sisters that played the piano, and everybody in my family was a good singer but me. And, you know, somebody gave my brother a guitar that sat in the closet till I pulled it out when I was 13. But you never played the piano? No. Okay. Because there's a whole, you know, a lot of people on the show that, Big mixed results. I think it depended on the teacher whether it was positive or negative. But your brother turns you on to the guitar. Well, no, he just had it, and it was in the back of the closet. And uh, uh, so, like when I was in junior high, this kid moved to our neighborhood from New Jersey who had an electric guitar, and we all were like, "Holy crap! Human beings can actually have those in their house." And, and I remember this one in my closet, and uh, you know, so we we all got a hold of something and started you know, banging out awful classic rock riffs on single strings. Now, he he had an amplifier, probably. Yeah, he had like a Tysco guitar and like one of those tiny, you know, amp like you'd get from Sears or Montgomery Ward or something. Yeah, but yeah. But it sounded like magic to us, you know. But you didn't. You had an acoustic. Well, it was a, a semi-hollow-body K. Oh, neck. okay. It was like okay. an inch off the neck, you know. It was a... Arched up. Yeah, kind it was, of, yeah. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I had a Tesco too, you know. Uh, yeah. they were fucking sold in the thrifties for eight ninety five or shit, hanging on it, you know, the metal trees. Oh yeah, absolutely. Know? So you know, William Tell uh, uh, bow and arrow action, right? You can stick your whole head <laughs> between the string and the fretboard. 
that's to build up strength and character right. and character. 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 <laughs> yeah. that, you know, when nobody comes... On one of those, you had character for sure. Well, that, that, that word came again, you know, when me and D. Boone Georgie started doing gigs. And uh, if, if there was no people at the gig, we called them character builders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we still do that. <laughs> oh, well, we do too. We call them caves too. But, half a dozen you know, places but... <laughs> and rock them all. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, so you you're, you're doing riffs. So you're learn you're trying to learn shit off records, right? Yeah, you know anything that can be played on one string, like schools out or smoke on the water, just the riff. You know, we had no idea that you could actually play chords to those songs or anything like that. You know, smoke on the water. What song ripped that? They ripped that off. Uh, no disrespect. Richie Blackmore, whatever. <laughs> I've heard him say he hated punk so many times, but whatever. Yeah, it's, it's loose. Yeah, it's That's fucking true. loose. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> secret safe. You can do that Renaissance shit. You know, he yeah. married a U.S. lady, right? And he's doing Renaissance. I mean, the motherfucker could play. I guess he grew up near Jeff Beck, and the cats could play. Okay. Oh, yeah. No disrespect. So, uh, what about in school? Did you were you in the the band or the choir or the marching band or shit like that? No, but in my junior high, this was cool. We had a, a an English teacher who played guitar, and we had all these clubs that would meet once a week. You know, the math club or the chess club or whatever. Sure. And this the chess club is where I smoked both at Pedro High. There you go. <laughs> well, this guy uh, hosted a, uh, a a guitar club. And we'd all get together and he'd take like, you know, current songs that were on the radio, like Angie by the Rolling Stones or something yeah. and write oh, out the words and the chords. And, you know, by then I had a Mel Bay chord book and I could figure it out and kind of strum chords. But he was cool because like one week he would bring an electric guitar and an amp and let us play it. The next week he'd bring like a 12 string acoustic and let us try it. And so he just kind of exposed us all to a bunch of different guitars and showed us how to, you know, kind of play folk music or something and this is a teacher yeah it was a teacher it was that's really bitching. cool that's bitching funny uh, thing is he ended up being a really good really close friend to my mother in the last few years before she died okay. just completely unconnected well that shows you man a good spirit's a good spirit yeah uh you know i mean it's not just for show with some people I know. yeah he was a real deal <laughs> i like that uh you, what about the thing uh, after school in the cellar and the in the basement or the bedroom? Those kind of bands. Oh man, yeah, we you know of course like everybody. When I was fourteen, fifteen, we we all would get together and play, you know, Johnny Be Good or Jumpin' Jack Flash for thirty minutes and and talk about how we were going to start a band and we were going to do this and we were going to do that and we never did, of course, but we played a lot and you know one day when I was in high school I just decided oh well if I want to be in a band. I guess I have to start one and I have to go book a gig and I have to do all this stuff. And where I grew up in Jackson, Mississippi, you know, obviously nobody was playing original music and, and there were like three of us who knew who the New York dolls were. And, but, you know, so we, we started this cover band and played like hard rock stuff, thin Lizzy and stuff and actually played kind of professionally in high school and the whole time wishing I was the guitar player in Patty Smith's band or something. Lenny K. Yeah, I wanted to be him, you know, and be, but I wanted to be in that band, you know. Okay. Uh, uh, that, what was the name of this band? Uh, what was it? Oh, that band was called Snowblind. 
The Black Sabbath song. That's a bad name. Have you ever heard the England version? Volume 4, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the England version, Ozzy actually says cocaine at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> I think we actually saw it on the cover of a, saw that word on the cover of a Hoyt Axton album or something fairly obscure. Okay. I think they also it wasn't done in England. It was done in Malibu and I think they were all in the shit big time. Oh but yeah. It's one of the better I think Sabbath Sabbath and then it's over. So it's one of yeah. the good ones towards the end they brought in synth. So that, that's okay. Yeah, I, I, Geezer had a big effect on me. Oh yeah. Yeah, a big big effect on me. Uh so this band ran its course you went to college. Did you still do music? I kind of half-assed went to college and was playing on the weekends and stuff and just and dropped out after, you know, a year and a half or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, just kept plugging away and then started trying to, like, write songs and make records, you know, because by now you're talking the early 80s. And yeah. uh, there was the beginnings of an independent music scene and you could put out records and get written about in fanzines and New York rocker. Yeah. Yeah. Like the first time we Andy got written Schwartz. about Schwartz. Andy just, Schwartz. Blew up. Yeah. It was awesome. It was just, you know, at that, you know, there were those milestones. Like the first time I got to play at CBGB's, the, the first time we got written about New York rocker, it was like, holy crap, this dumb kid from Mississippi can put stuff out in the world. You know, it was cool. Well, fuck uh, Tupelo, right? Elvis. I mean, Mississippi ain't yeah, that. <laughs> Yeah, he kind of put it out. <laughs> Look, I want to uh, play Recipe for Disaster.
altar of life.
Show, uh, yeah, recipe for disaster. Bart, then uh, Mano de ba uh, Bongo uh, with uh, So Macasso. I think COVID 19 got, I mean, he's an older gentleman, but man, is that is a bad tune. And thanks, uh, James Burns, for hitting me. Uh, really beautiful. I mean, the early 70s, and it, 
man, bitch. Gareth Sager after that with Life on Mars. You know, he, Gareth, the uh, pop group guy's at quite uh, quarantino mode, so he's got a out of tune piano there, and he's just plunking. And he asked me to give him some tracks, which you know I know Deep Boone is fucking laughing his head off. Uh, <laughs> after that, Bello with the Fichazo en los Atos de Choque, and then Sake. No, Saika, but they spelled it S-E-I-C-H-E. These are guys right out of high school in 1971. They did one gig and pressed 50 records. <laughs> Good old days, right? Yeah. And uh, it's called Dissonant Toys. And then Alexander DeLarge out of uh, Milano with the ukulele version of Corona. <laughs> and now, now D-Boom did not have a premonition. This is about a lady collecting bottles so she could trade them in to feed her babies. Uh-huh. Yeah, it had nothing to do with the virus. Uh, Bill's Pump from Leeds with Sling Your Hook, uh, which stars a, a dog barking. Yeah, somebody's got to sing, right? Trotsky Ice Pick, uh, Clyde's Planet, first music from them in 20 years. That's got John from uh, Urinal singing, Kel on guitar. The Cutthroat Brothers, uh, Candy Kane. That's um, these cats from Hawaii. Uh, they're barbers. I don't think you can... Yeah, I think they're out of work now. But they I uh, had them on the show and they you know, it's just bass and drums, huh? <laughs> you might relate nice. to this. That poor <laughs> that poor lonely kick drum. I'm just oh my god, heartbroken. So they said, Why come on? So I added some bass and um it got uh, thrown in there with it. Uh now, now Sue, your turn. Your your earliest musical recollection. Um my first forty five was um uh, Susie Q, CCR. Um, oh yeah, because they didn't write it, right? It's yeah, yeah. But my dad, my dad thought it was it would that's that's what he called me, you know. Then and uh, I, I actually think it was the second one. I think Porterville was the first one. Yeah. But what what was trippy about it was for me, Little Johnny Jewel was the same way because you had the first side. And then you flipped it over, and it was the rest of the song. It faded back <laughs> in. Yeah, and Susan Q. Now, when I met D. Boone, the only rock band he knew was Creedence. And he had yeah. learned that whole fucking solo, even with the little tile farlow pull-offs and shit. Creedence comes back around for me significantly later. Well, if you're in the boat with Watt, you're getting all fucking six records in order. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful. Ask Mike Baguetta if you ask for Creedence in the boat. <laughs> but, um... What, what but, about what about in the pad? Was there instruments? No, no. Well, there. I I got a piano for Christmas, um, but that was much later. And and my first piano teacher was cool, but my next one, she was not interested in in me learning any any of her students learning any popular music. So oh, I I lost interest pretty quickly. Okay. Um, but so. my my first concert, I was. Um, Nine years old, and uh, me and my best friend saw the monkeys. Whoa! At nine years old, our moms drove us up to the big city and got us in our seats, and um, we saw the monkeys. I wonder if Danny Ho was on drums. You know, there's this guy who played only like four or five years, and then disappeared. He was in the birds and shit, but he was what? also in the, the monkeys too. Yeah, like it the, was the, late, the playing band. It was late, what, 68, 69? Sure, that's around the period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, what about what about uh, at school? Were you in the choir, the marching band, or shit like that? 
Um, I did some choir in church, um, and I was in marching band. I played a flute in high school. Okay. Okay. So you learned to read music. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, you know, that all disappeared pretty quickly, but <laughs> yeah. But still, still, you went and did it. And yeah. I, I, yeah. I, it uh, I remember people telling me it was kind of hard because you had to keep the embouchure while you're walking on the lip. Yeah. I heard the bone in the baritone sousaphone was easiest because the big ass mouthpieces. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> French horn I heard was tough. Little, yeah, because it, it bounced, you know, as you're walking. Uh, well, did you do the thing with the band uh, after school in the bedroom or the basement or the garage? I did, I did none of that. Okay. I did I did none of that. Tim and I met and um, in 80, I think it was. That's when Minuteman uh, started, January 80. Yeah, got married in uh, 81. And then he, you know, I, we were sort of, he, he toured, he played and toured all over the place in the 80s. Um, I went back to school at one point and then, you know, and then we lived in Mississippi, Oxford, Mississippi for most of the nineties. And I, we both were in back in school and he had kind of dropped out of music. And then we moved here in, in Knoxville in, uh, 2000, was it in 2000 and right at the beginning of the double knots. And after he got back into playing music and then, one morning I woke up like kind of like lightning had struck me and I woke up and I sat up and I said, uh, I want to learn how to play bass. And he got up, didn't hardly say a word, just got up, got dressed and went to the pawn shop and bought me a bass. Oh, that's bitching. And came back. Dan Electro Longhorn. Dan Electro Longhorn <laughs> at the pawn wow. shop. Bought, bought me the bass, came back home and started teaching me how to play. Wow, those yeah. are made out of Mason. Look, we're at the end of the first time. We're going to continue this. This is bitching. Uh, <laughs> August, August, I wish. April 8, 2020. Hold tight, fire two. April 8, 2020. It's the second hour of the lot from Pedro Show. Trade this for anything And your love 
in my dream I bark like a dog I crawl around on all fours You could say I've been infected And your love is the only cure Your love is the only cure Your love is the only cure Your love is the only
coming to take her back But she done told me That she'd be gone Yeah, she done told me Along that lonesome Along that lonesome track I hear that lonesome train
got your head in the clouds. Your feet left the ground. Me, I've got my doubts. About the fury and sound. Have you made up your mind? Can you put it in words? Do you like what you find? After you lost your shirt. Don't waste your time waiting on me. Don't waste your breath. Take it from me. for Pedro show start hour two off with the only cure from bark then uh netto millick cooperative with balkan 90th and there in trieste uh tall black and bitter Barons whitfield the savages uh he's out of boston huh or near there uh dex romweber he's north carolina uh, lonesome train he kind of got going again the two-piece the drum guitar. He had this guy named Crow on the drums. Got to play with them once with Edward. Uh, Elaine Anderson after that with uh, Mako Loop. And finally, Waste Your Breath by Bart. Okay, so, Sue, you're like alluding to the beginnings of what became Bark? Mm, not not then. Okay. That was just, that was just Tim, Tim has started playing. Okay, don't playing let me fuck up the story, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> um... Tim had started playing again, and then, you know, when I started learning how to play bass, um, I was on stage with him in six months. Yeah. And um, and then it just sort of evolved into, we had a, uh, it, it turned into a three-piece. Um, we had, we went through, you know, a, a few drummers over 10 years and whatnot. And, you know, that, that went on for, yeah, that went on for about 10, yeah. 10 12 years, something well, like what that. What was that called? Uh, Timley Three. It dropped out there. Say it again. The Timley Three. Timley Three. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. we know who to blame. See, that's why <laughs> you know I'm in several different projects, but if the project has my name, yeah, yeah, I'm the shot caller. So you know who to blame. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not yeah, a collaboration. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the whole time, you know, I, I well, not the whole time, but at some point in there, I kind of started writing lyrics on sticky notes and putting them on his desk and that was kind of how we evolved into writing songs together oh okay and um then after it was about five six years ago um we had built a uh built out part of our basement and put in a rehearsal space because we were losing our space that us and several bands played it practiced in and so we uh we built out uh I, we built I, I like you using basement. that word because I have yet to hear a basketball player say, I'm going to go to the gym and rehearse some hoops. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's with this shit? We're not actors. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we built out this part of our basement and, um, and started practicing down there with just our band, Timley three. And, and we bought a cheap drum kit just to sit down there. So our drummer wouldn't have to, 
lug his stuff in. That's why I got one in my fucking pet. I, well, I got yeah. tired of waiting for, for him to set up and tear down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, there's no point in wasting everybody's That's time. That's right. Fuck that. So, um, so one day I was like, I, I, I want to learn how to play drums. And I asked our drummer at the time, um, uh, Chris Browdus, because he taught kids how to play drums. And I said, surely you could teach me. And he did. He taught me. He taught me how to read charts, and he uh, got me started. And so one day I would I would just go down to the basement and practice, and play around. And and uh, and I always started out practicing to uh, Credence songs. Doug Clifford. Do what? Doug Clifford. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I, by by the time Cosmo, I think he's got like eighteen inch hi hats. Dang. <laughs> Well, that's nothing. I've recorded with Greg Sarnier, you know, the deer hoof cat. He yeah. had 22s. He had oh, holes wow. drilled in the bottom because it wouldn't close. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I want to play uh, Chimneyville. All right. Oh. No, that's not right one.
resonated in certain corners of society, while others wrote it off like a bad debt.
just crippled and crazy. Out of control.
right Kill the rivals with an open bottle You can find your idols in a fallen title Where you really remember spinning spiral Time spinning on a muddy fire Found a muddy but the water's clear Clearly y'all waiting around right here Stomping around like it's a good idea Sugar shaking up a city Let me run this by you Run the by you, won't you let him buy you Get the guy going to get the guy going to save the bundle when we try to find you I know this hero but we call it gyro The end is here and it's starting behind you Pedro show. Uh, we just heard, uh, yeah, Chimneyville by Bart. Then Ha Ha Tonka Heart with Race to the Bottom. Yeah, we all know that one. Luke Winslow <laughs> King with No More Crying Today. Sarah Shook and the Disarmers. Misery Without Company. Scott H. Burham, Cripple and Crazy. Chris Burns. Trophy for Atrophy. <laughs> Get it? Craig Bell, uh, <laughs> careful with that axe body wash. <laughs> <laughs> Craig was a bass man for the Rocket in the Tombs, the the band before Peru. Uh, 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 an a, 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 a cop, apocalypse shimmy, but bark. Okay, so you, you're Sue, so you're teaching yourself drums via you know Tim Three drummer man, and yeah. bark comes out of this. Yes. Well, I was Tim would hear me. He would be upstairs, and. He could hear me downstairs playing along to Credence, and and one day he he came down and he says, "I want I want to play with you." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." Okay. So, we, so, so we just kind of started. Okay. So so we just kind of started making up songs. Making up songs on the spot. Oh, I thought he got on the guitar and started doing Credence with you. <laughs> well, well that, that, you know, learning other people's songs is like a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> making them up's a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you but, said that. But yeah. <laughs> but we didn't have a base six in the house and uh and he Which started like he a, just, just Yeah, people might not know that. That's a, a bass guitar people but with the strings really close together and small. <laughs> yeah. It's even got a yep. fucking whammy bar, I think. Yeah, and it's tuned like a guitar but a whole octave lower. But like a bass. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, like a, the strings yeah. are really close together, so you ain't it's you know, Jack Bruce played one in the first cream. I know it's crazy that he played the stuff that he played on one but of these. He had, you know what? He was a little guy, so maybe you know a little hand. But man, yeah. that dude! 
I gotta say, he probably had most influence on me. And then, you know, I was in Mobile playing a gig when he passed away, and man, it it wrecked me after. Well, I, I found out right before I went on stage, and it was a terrible yeah. gig. Wow! Because I couldn't stop thinking about it. And yeah. then you know the thing where you get on the YouTube.com and you're looking at the videos and drinking whiskey, and that's why I did it. My friend Todd's after the thing there, and I just owed that guy a lot. Yeah. You know you the thing was. I had an eight track, so man, I'd have to wait for the motherfucker. It'd be the like the total time divided by four, right? Because it was a loop. Yeah. <laughs> well, D Boone could lift the stylus, you know, and put it back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but thank you, Jack Bruce. So you, uh, uh, Fender Six, huh? Yeah, you know, it was around that time. I, I I'd played one in studios before, like Mitch Easter had one at his studio, like a real one from the '60s, and and I was always fascinated with them. And we started, you know, just playing with the two of us. I saw that they were kind of reissuing them and they were, you know, pretty available. So I thought, you know, that'd be cooler than a guitar because you can kind of, you can, you can work a lot of angles. You can ride some low strings and play up around the 12th, 14th fret and you're playing bass and guitar kind of. Sure, and sure. So, and I always played guitar with a pick and two fingers anyway. So it wasn't hard to, to kind of adapt the, to that. But it was just fun because it was completely different than what I'd been doing and took a different approach and um, a certain kind of discipline that you don't have to have with just playing guitar. Because if you're playing guitar, you want to be Keith Richards. You want to be loose and all that. <laughs> but, you know, if you're playing bass and guitar, you, you kind of want to hold it together. Yeah, know? I think country guys used them for tic-tac bass. Exactly, yeah. And, and, then, and then there was another trick with hard rock. I think all that, what's it called, rocks, Aerosmith? All the yeah. guitars doubled. That that big uh, riff rock, those big heavy yeah. riffs. That's all doubled yeah, with the, the baritone. Yeah. The song "Back in the Saddle" has that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I remember I, I saw Aerosmith on that tour when I was a teenager, and and Joe Perry actually pulled out a bass six to play on that song. Here, here's the here's my trippiest live uh, Offender Six live thing. Jay has yeah. me come to the fucking Rose Bowl to play with Dinosaur. They're opening for Cure. That guy has like four dudes come on stage with him. Yeah. But the keyboards are so loud, you couldn't tell what they were playing anyway, you know. Yeah. <laughs> They're so loud. Uh, they had whammy bars. All yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. And, and what, what kind of amp did you play it through? Well, I played it through two amps. I played it through an old custom transistor bass amp. Okay. And then a, then a small guitar amp, tube amp, you know. So I've always done it like that to get kind of growl. And, yeah, yeah. And still have some and, bottom, yeah. Yeah, and plenty of high, you know, low end out of the, the custom. So it's it's I've always done it like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even when you record, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Do you go direct? Well, you know, in recording, what what I've been doing is recording guitar amp and bass amp, but running a direct signal that doesn't have any effect on it. Coming you know, right out of the bass, yeah. Yeah, and then when we're mixing, we can add shit if we want to make it, you know. Like we want this section to sound different, so let's put some kind of weird fuzz on the bass there, sure. you know. And it's it's a fun thing to do you in know mixing. What? Dudes, I got a two -piece are band. Uh, dudes are doing that with electric guitar now because there's, yeah, this, there's, there's, there's this technique called reamping. So you want right. the pure sound out of the guitar. Yeah. Uh, we're well, at cool the end of the, the second. What's that? It's cool with the two piece because you can add a part without overdubbing. You know, you just it's already there. You just turn it up and and screw it. You know, fuck with it somehow. Okay, listen up, people. Tim knows.
<laughs> we're at the end of the second hour. April 8, 2020, special guest Bart. Hold tight, hour three. April 8, 2020, it's the third hour of the Lot for Pedro show.
make another one or two when us falls. In the meantime, 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 in the meantime. Go.
and sold to take a house so full of love, changed things on a sale to put money ahead of a workforce mission to sell us and move us, no matter how good and true to the fight we are. Give us a fair chance to show we run things right. Over the many years, I have friends here and fond memories of a place, of a clubhouse to go to, a place to come to and keep it up with style, run the place like a top and send us out to work, score in the three departments, deliver the work order day. Convenience is a killer if it means putting money first. Don't shift us away from what we have grown to love just for the money's sake. Move us with care, but maybe, but don't sell us out.
Live from Pedro Show. Start off the third hour with Wired for Fun from Bark, the tragic comedy, everyday life, rebirth of Mother Gaia. That's uh, the bass man for tragic comedy, both from the hill. Uh, thought him after that. He's hunkered down in New Mexico right now. Sudden Don't Wait. Uh, Baja Boy featuring Holly Habstrick. Gal, that's a Dutch name. Uh, <laughs> AJ lives in Amsterdam. And works at the Paradiso. Good guy. Love AJ. Used to play bass in Donkey. Of course, had to give it up. You know, everybody, not everybody, but it happens with drums too. You know, well, I've graduated to real life now. And to, <laughs> although you can't have a good band without a good drummer or a good bass, whatever. <laughs> I never figured that shit out. And uh, I, I, fuck, I haven't even moved to Five Street. So you're light years ahead of me, Tim, with your six. The Opium Trail, leaving here. I think this guy, you know, this cat's from the 60s. They were doing a cover band. Well, that, that was rampant in those days where you'd make whole albums of covers. Oh, yeah. And, uh, he's fighting uh, the COVID-19 right now, so everybody think of him. Joe Brewer, Jack Brewer's uh, cousin Madison, don't sell us. And finally, when I was in heaven sitting down, Bark. So uh, we were talking recording, right, Tim? Yeah. Yeah, we you know, we, we track everything live and um, usually redo for the vocals. But he, like on the first record, Susan did all of her vocals live while she was playing drums, which I always thought was pretty damn impressive. <laughs> now, would you use a, a mic on a stand or a headset like Madonna? Uh, you know, we tried different angles of, um, you know, it, it wasn't a headset, <laughs> but at, at – at one point the mic was coming over my head into in front of my face. With a gooseneck. With a gooseneck, yeah. 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 Played with a band where the dude was wearing a helmet and had a flange with a gooseneck. I think it was at, <laughs> Yeah, it was at the Bayou in uh uh Baton Rouge. The before, Bayou, yeah. yeah, before it burned down. <laughs> right across the street from LSU or across the road. And the guy had a flange on his motorcycle helmet and it came down in his mouth. And it was nice. a two-piece, you know. And Bob Log has some kind of yeah, yeah. And the lightning yeah. bolt it's stuffed in a sock in his mouth or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's got their own way of doing this shit, right? So yeah. I'm just all, always curious. I mean, there's been some great. Uh, I think the only white band signed to Motown was Rare Earth, and that guy sang. Yeah. And played drums. They had a dude that was on Cowbell. The whole time, his hand must have fucking been like, looked like a mitten, right? Hold the fucking cow, being a fucking cowbell. That's a specialized gig. That is, he has one job. Oh, one job. <laughs> yeah, but can you imagine at the end of the night, your hand, the one that's holding, well, maybe the one with the stick, too, but Jesus Christ, the blows, the blows. Yeah. But, you know, for the love of music, you've got one yeah. job. You mentioned the bayou. Yeah. The truth. Funny, you know, that place was there forever, and sure. that's where, you know, like, you know, Baton Rouge's original punk band, the Shit Dogs, played all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. We actually have a new song that references the Shit Dogs playing at the Bayou. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This, but, this, you know, that, when, that, that place was, you know, it was very hip, very open. Yeah. You know, no, 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 no problem, no uh, rock and roll. You know, in the old days, I try to tell people the rock and rollers were worse than the Square Giants. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was like fucked up. It was so <laughs> fucked up. Uh and then there was something across the street called the Varsity and then down the road now I think the Spanish Moon well, I don't know about now, but the Spanish yeah, Moon and, uh I was talking to somebody from Lafayette the last show and 
Never got to play there or Shreveport either. Yeah, it's all you know. I've done. If you call tour more than a month, I've done sixty-seven, and there's still places I've missed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, usually, how long is it? Uh, you guys sent me three records, right? Uh, think so. Yeah. Yeah, fifteen, yeah. seventeen, and just lately. And so, how long does it take you to do these things? You know, the last one was the one we probably put the most work into, and. We tracked it over a couple of days and then uh, spent a day or two with some overdubs just because we had our some special guests, you know, Baguetta and some of those people came in and played on songs. And that, and then, you know, just a few days mix, a couple of days mixing it, you know. But it's um, pretty raw. Okay, you just, yeah, do it and let it, let it fly. I like that. I, I yeah. want to play here uh, Interstate Blues. Your picture 
star Jamming in my car In my closet at home Got a real guitar Got snake skin boots And a redstone coat Got red bandanas And a pack of smokes I'm a rock star
the news, baby, of a vile disease. You may have all you want, baby, if I got something you need. Well, you're semi-good looking.
Live from Pedro Show. Uh, off air, we discuss it. You know, we were in our biohazard mode and doing our science talk about <laughs> edge of life entities, copy machines, and 100 year old pandemics we didn't learn from. But we're going to learn from this one, right? Sure. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Interstate Blues. Yeah, we're not on the interstate. It's blue. Mark, Andre Vita out of Berlin with uh, Sop Foggy. San Ardo with uh, Pseudo Rockstar. And MS-45 Zigzags. You don't want to cancel the tour of this motherfucker. Oh, you're real punk rock, Watt. You're listening to the government. <laughs> I ain't punk, huh? Okay. So, zigzags <laughs> with MS-45. They talk about love from the beginning, thrust and mountain offensive. That's Brother Phil up in Big Bear. And finally, ballpark, as in hitting it out because they swung for the fence. (laughs) Yeah, when I was a kid, and I found out about base. Wow, this is like right field in Little League. This is where you put the retarded friend. And yeah, Boone, you know, D. Boone said the words were just thinking out loud. He said, you know, the real political part is making the drums and bass as loud as the guitar. Which yeah, we actually got from the, I think you got it from the R&B guys, you know, because, right, you play clipped and real trebly. Of course, me and D, uh, me and Georgie were waiting. <laughs> but mm-hmm. that was his idea to make the band, the trio, letting the guitar. You know, we come out of arena rock. That's, for us, that's the big difference between the movement. It's not really a style of music. It's more just a way of doing things and stuff. Because, you know, I did 125 months with Stooges, and there was all kinds of garage bands and little labels and stuff in the 60s. It just got all lost in arena rock. Nerd oh, yeah. Rock. yeah. I mean, that's what we grew up with. You See, know. same thing, then. You can relate. Uh, yeah. But, but, but uh, I'm curious, what's next? Um, we've got a batch of new songs that we're kind of itching to record as soon as we can. Uh, you know, we, we're not set up for doing a recording at home, so we're going to have to go to somebody's shed and make it happen. But uh, One at a time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, and, you well, know, you we got, we got shows booked this summer that we're trying to decide whether we got to cancel them or not. And, you know. No, no, so, no, no. The word is we're getting rid of the C word. We're replacing it with. The P word postpone. postpone. Yeah. Postpone. Yeah. yeah. True. So. All right. You know, and for it's you know, just like with the O word. Oh, we got rid of that. We got less young and more young. Yeah. <laughs> we got to defeat. Really, yeah, you know, yeah. we got to defeat reality with the concept. If we just semantically work all this out, no problem. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I'll take it. But but your practice pad, so, so it's good for practice, but not for recording. Yeah, we just don't, you know, we never got, you know, this, you know, when I was younger, like in my 20s, I would more make these. More younger, homes. more younger. When I was more <laughs> younger, yeah. And in my 20s, I would make these extensive home demos of these songs. And then I found that, like, when I went in the studio, I just wanted to recreate that. And I wasn't a good enough engineer or had good enough gear to make records that sounded good at home. So I eventually just threw that out the window with the notion that, like, you'll just take a song into a band and see what everybody does with it. And that's way more interesting to me than, you know, me sorting out some parts or even the two of us sorting out some parts. It's more fun when we just go, here's a song and start playing it and see what happens. Oh, you mean, Tim, uh, the idea of the demo? Yeah. You don't like that. Yeah. Wait, wait, look, you work out, work all everybody else's parts and then they learn them. 
Yeah, that's no fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not really collaborating, right? No, and like with Susan and I, even when it was the Tim Lee 3, once she started writing and singing more, then from that point on, it's been a complete collaboration, Um, you know, and and that's just more interesting to me than what can my ego produce, you know, because my ego gets tired easy. And you need the sticky notes. That's right. I need the sticky notes. <laughs> I need somebody to finish my sentences. It's <laughs> what being married is all about. <laughs> yeah. do, do, no, do the words actually come first sometimes? All the time. Oh, all the time. Just about, yeah. It's, it's rare to start with a riff or anything. I, t- I tell you about me, it's not words, but it is title. I is need it? A, yeah, if I don't have a fucking title... And usually title's the last thing, right, for most folks, right? Yeah. But for me, I need it first. That's awesome. So I got focus. You know, everything's got to aid and abet to realize that fucking title. I like that. Okay. But maybe the same kind of idea as the words. Like, you're going to put together the music as a motif to, you know, make these words musical. Exactly, yeah. Most of the time with me, chorus comes first. The chorus, okay. Susan writes really good choruses. You know what? Ig hates the concept of this idea of the pre-chorus, man. <laughs> he just told me. I remember we were in the studio. He goes, Mike, what the fuck is that for? I hate that word. <laughs> I've heard people. I've heard people say that. <laughs> well, you know, again, it's semantics, and it, actually, it's kind of organizing things, right? And, yeah. Uh, are you guys counters? You count four of these, eight of those, 12 of those, 13? Or are you more like event-driven, like cues? It's kind of in between. It's really a matter of... It's whatever the song wants. Yeah, you know, we'll stop and go, well, how long does this section go? And we go, I don't know, let's just play it till it till it, till it tells us what needs to go somewhere, okay. yeah. you know? That's kind of, I mean, it's, I guess it's sort of a lazy man's arrangement process. Well, the lazy man is making the drummer sing while she's playing so you don't have to count. <laughs> <laughs> if I sing as good as she does, I would. No, 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 no. But you know what I mean. The worst thing in the world is fucking counting. Is it one twenty-seven or is it one twenty-six? Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. my god. Oh fuck. So we oh, just man. we just in in practicing figure out what feels right and then we adapt to that. Well, I don't really and, have a problem that much with practice, but we got this thing we call red light fever. Like when you know you're being recorded. Yeah. Total pants shitter. You know, yeah. out, out comes the pecan logs you know yeah and you're feeling all that texture i mean i, I just because you know it's going to be there oh yeah absolutely after you're gone you know tombstone right and so yeah but also they're documents i'm so glad you know in the old days we just saw them as flyers but these are fucking works no they really are you so know? i really look forward to what you guys where can people find you on the internet uh our website is bark-loud.com. Good, good. Got that people, B-A-R-K uh, hyphen? Yes. What's that sound? Loud. Loud. <laughs> I already <laughs> fucking forgot. Bark, bark hyphen loud Loud, L-O-U-D, people. From uh, overseas, because they don't, might know, know how to spell, you know, English. They might think uh, it's L-O-W-D. Dot com. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a great well, honor. When you get this new album done, will you come on the show back and talk about it? Hell yeah. Okay, please, because I love what you're doing, and I want you to keep on keeping on. 
And uh, and plus, I want to get. Uh, yeah, we got some more Knoxville people coming on the next couple of weeks, but it seems like you guys got to see. Much respect. Well, it's it's interesting, you know. If you look at the surface, you think it's really all kind of Americana, Appalachian kind of thing. But man, you scratch beneath it. There's a lot of really cool shit. It's really diverse. Great, great. That's what music's about. Yep. It's yeah, fabric yeah. to connect us, not to smothers. Yep. <laughs> People, it's been April 8, 2020. Keep your powder dry.